the Prevention Perspective, a podcast dedicated to sharing information, ideas, and resources about violence prevention work. The topics discussed in this podcast, including healthy relationships, prevention practices, and dating or sexual violence can be difficult, and we urge you to listen with care. Our hosts are not licensed counselors or mental health professionals. If you or someone you care about have experienced domestic dating or sexual violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. You can also find more resources in the description of this podcast. Hello and welcome to Prevention Perspective. I'm Corey Michaels, Tracy DeMarcus, and our guest once again, who's not going to be a guest moving forward, but actually the co-host of Prevention Perspective, Cody Haper, Prevention Specialist with the WCA. Hello. Hi. Hey there, everybody. So we we have been here in the Auction Frog studio for uh, all of these podcasts up to now, and, and I have been... Uh, uh, my role, and I've been so honored to be able to be a, a, a part of this with a prevention perspective, uh, was really to just to get it started and yeah. uh, to to help out in the process of this brand new thing for the WCA. And it has been uh, such a, a, a wonderful journey, but it is time now to uh, pass on those reins to the new co-host. Well, not new. Tracy has been the co-host the whole time from the starting and uh, introduce Cody, who will be sitting in in my chair moving forward. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to maybe pop in once in a while because I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, the time that I have been able to uh, to be a part of this. So thank you. Thank you for letting me uh, be a part of this journey. Thank you so much, Corey. You've been an excellent wealth of knowledge um, in showing us the ropes um, of podcasting. And uh, it's it's been a great learning experience and being able to, um, to see you in the studio and how you do things. And it's really been helpful to give us the tools and the um, skills to be able to to do it um, in our own studio, which is being set up as we speak. Um, but yeah, we're, we're ready to leave the nest um, and and kind of take over the show. So yeah, hopefully we'll be hearing you on every now and then, but really grateful for the support that Auction Frogs has provided in producing these first five or six episodes. And um, hopefully we can we can keep everything going just as, as well and smoothly in our own way. Oh, and you totally will. You guys are the experts. You're going to be uh, rock stars in all of this. And I look forward to getting to hear uh, the podcast moving forward and the the message of uh, of the WCA and the vital work that is being done. So how you feeling, Cody? I'm just excited to be here. <laughs> I have been, you know, pretty minimally involved up to this point and uh, really looking forward to co-hosting with uh, Tracy and just grateful that we've had um, you, Corey, and Auction Frogs to support the startup of this really fun venture yeah. that we're doing at the WCA. Well, our our job at uh, Auction Frogs is to help causes, to help organizations and nonprofits and, and being able to not just raise money, raise awareness, getting the message out of these incredible organizations and we have so many and that that work 
and being able to uh, to to be able to be a, a part of it is why we do what we do. You know, we have a lot of fun yeah. doing what we do. <laughs> uh, sometimes probably even, uh, you know, a, a little bit more than we should. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, please don't ever think through all of this that we have forgotten why we do this. You're, you, you listening are the reason that we love doing what we do and remind us every day of how important this message is. So as we're here into April, we're going to be uh, talking about Sexual Assault Awareness Month. We'll get into that and the scope of sexual assault. That's going to be coming up next on Prevention Perspective. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Sexual violence happens in every community and affects people of all genders and ages. The goal of SAAM is for individuals and organizations to raise public awareness about sexual harassment, assault, and abuse, and to educate communities on how to prevent it. For more information and to find campaign resources, visit nsvrc.org SAAM. Welcome back to Prevention Perspective. I'm Corey, Tracy, Cody, and we're talking about Sexual Assault Awareness Month here in April and about the scope of sexual assault. And Cody, what what is Sexual Assault Awareness Month? How long has it been around? And why is it so important to put this focus on this month? Yeah, yeah. Sexual Assault Awareness Month is uh, really, it's a, it's a month, it's a time for us to pause and think about sexual assault, talk about prevention, spread awareness. Um, I mean, it's work that we're, we should be doing every day throughout the whole year, but it's important, I think, to have a particular moment, month, to really focus in on what should we be doing to present, prevent, not present um, sexual assault and really reaching people about the impact of sexual assault on our communities. And so that's, that's kind of how I like to think about sexual assault awareness month and what is it and why does it happen? Um, as far as history this year, 2021 marks the 20th anniversary of a formal sexual assault awareness month, but we know that there's been a movement for much longer than 20 years um, to do sexual assault prevention efforts and spread awareness. And we also know that this movement is, is rooted in, uh, you know, efforts by women of color as Mm. well. Uh, If we look back many years ago and we um, read history of the sexual assault movement, we know that women of color have been talking about um, sexual assault prevention as well as the intersections of gender and and race and how that creates barriers um, sometimes and um, how we should be focusing on and thinking about those intersections of identities as we're moving through sexual assault awareness and prevention. Tracy, did you have any other thoughts about sexual assault awareness month? Um, I think just in recognizing to the, the scope of how, often and how many people are impacted by sexual violence. I think probably the general public or people in general aren't um, assuming that it is as prevalent or as big of an issue as it is. But um, we know that one in three girls and one in six boys will be sexually abused before they turn the age of 18. Um, And as adults, 
one in five women and one in 71 men will experience rape in their lifetime. So these are these are huge numbers of people in our community. Um, and I think there is there's definitely a lack of of knowledge or of understanding of how impactful um sexual violence can be not just in obviously the the moment or the the impact of that trauma but for for very long times after that can often impact people's lives and so i think it's really really important especially during sexual assault awareness month to get people talking about these things um a lot of people can be uncomfortable about it but it is a reality of the world that we live in and we need to shed some light on this um really dark um, and terrible thing that happens to people and and just understanding how prevalent it is, I think is one step in the right direction and being able to identify and recognize that it's happening to people in our lives that we care about um, and there are things that we can do each and every day to support them, um, to, to support the resources that are available to survivors um, and to hopefully shift our culture um, and change um, the way that we look at sexual violence and, and making it so it's not tolerated, it's not something that's happening, and it's not something that's acceptable. Well, and those stats, as staggering as they are, the real numbers are even worse. Yeah, I think that's the case with a lot of the statistics that we have as far as um, domestic violence, dating violence, sexual violence, um, even looking at, you know, community or population specific statistics. Um, these are just the the folks that are reporting. Um, but a lot of people, maybe they're not, um, maybe they're not disclosing that they experienced that. Maybe they have repressed memories of that happening. I mean, so again, I think, I think these are probably low in terms of the statistics, but that's, that's what we have to go off of. And even these numbers are horrifying. Yes. Um, and so one, one is too many, right. And we know mm -hmm. that, um, but yeah, thinking about representation and, um, people self disclosing for these statistics that we're looking at, um, we probably are pretty, pretty low on, on the number, but again, way too high. It's too high a cost for well, anyone. And you nailed it right on the head when you said one is too many. And as long as there is still one, then there's still work to be done. There's exactly. still education mm -hmm. to be done. Uh, now, Tracy, it, what is Denim Days? Ooh, good question, Corey. Um, <laughs> so Sexual Assault Awareness Month is, again, the entire month of April. Um, and as Cody said, we should be doing things every day um, to, to support survivors, to impact um, sexual violence in our communities. Um, but Denim Day is a particularly important day and one that we at the WCA um, spend a lot of time talking about because it is a really great example of highlighting the misperceptions um, that can lead to um, survivors of sexual violence ultimately being um, harmed again by um, by systems and institutions that are supposed to be helping them. And so Denim Day is nationally and internationally recognized as a day of awareness um, for sexual violence. It began in the 1990s and is still going strong today. Um, but in the early 90s, there was a young girl in Italy who was picked up for a driving lesson by her instructor. Um, she was 
under the age of 18 and he was a, you know, a middle-aged man and he ended up sexually assaulting her, um, during this time. And she went through the process to get him, um, you know, put through the justice system to have some accountability for his actions. He was initially sent to jail for this, um, this assault, but appealed the, the conviction and the defense for his appeal was that the jeans that this young woman was wearing were so tight that she would have had to help him remove them, which thus implied consent for, um, for him to, to assault her. And the Italian government overturned his conviction and released him from jail or released him from prison um, as a result of that. And so the next day, all of the women in the Italian parliament wore jeans to work to show solidarity with this victim, um, to show or to highlight the fact that no one's clothing can give consent in any way in a situation where somebody is exerting pressure or, um, coercion or threats, um, consent is not possible. Um, and so denim day has really become this kind of rallying cry for people to challenge those myths and those misperceptions that we have that somebody's clothing or what they're wearing or where they're at or how much they've had to drink or whatever the case might be can give consent. And that's just not possible. Um, somebody has to be able and willing and enthusiastic to give consent. And if that's not present, then consent is not present. And so Denim Day is a really great way to identify and highlight those um, really harmful um, norms and um, ideas that are out there that that violence is okay or that um, or that it's excusable in any way. Now, and what what day is actually denim day? So I can make sure and have, uh, you know, my wardrobe ready to go, get that Canadian tuxedo (laughs) out. Um, denim day is always the last Wednesday in April. So this year that would fall on the 28th, I believe. Um, and so, yeah, the idea is that you wear denim, um, whether that's a jacket or jeans or all of the above. Um, and, really sharing that awareness and that message of, you know, my clothing does not give consent. There's never an excuse for sexual assault or sexual violence um, and really trying to shift again, that conversation. All right. Well, coming up next, we're going to be talking about ways for you to get involved. That's one way with denim day. And I hope everyone's going to get their denim out. I don't care who it is, pretty much everyone has at least one pair of jeans. And uh, so get ready for the 28th with that. But we'll talk more about ways for you to get involved coming up next on Prevention Perspective. Are you looking for more information about violence prevention? Whether you're a domestic violence service provider, educator, or parent, you can find more resources on our website at wcaboise.org. You will find lessons, videos, conversation guides, shareable social media content, and more all in one place. Resources will be added regularly, so make sure you keep checking back for updates. We're back with Prevention Perspective. I'm Corey, along with Tracy and Cody, and we're talking about Sexual Assault Awareness Month here in April. And uh, now, ways for you to get involved. 
because, okay, you know it's Sexual Assault Awareness Month. We talked about Denim Day coming yep. up on the 28th. So, yes, you do have to, you know, sorry, take off the sweats and the PJs that we have been, uh, you know, so accustomed to for the yep. last year. At least long enough to take a selfie and post it, and then you can go back. That's fine. <laughs> that that works. Probably right what there. I'll do. And so, but how are other ways right now for you to be able to get involved? And, you know, Cody... We'll talk about a little bit about educating yourself and being able to educate others. Yeah. Um, I love this question about, you know, what can you do during sexual assault awareness month? And, um, you know, I think, uh, before pandemic landia, we often would go to events and rallies and, um, post selfies and share things on social media and we can still share things on social media. And, you know, if, um, things are opened up and it makes sense to go to an event in person, you can do that. But there are so many like, um, really simple things you can, I think do in your world with people that are important to you. Um, you can educate yourself. There's going to be tons, there's tons of materials out to read, to learn more about sexual assault, um, how to prevent it. Um, you can have conversations with young people in your life around consent and um, helping them learn how to not perpetuate violence or sexual assault. There's conversations you can have about media and digital literacy, um, assertive communication skills. There's there's so many things you can do during this month to spread that awareness and have really important conversations and dialogue. And, and truthfully, I think having those really important conversations is really impactful. Yeah. You, if you can bring up the topic and have a really meaningful conversation with people that are important to you and in your immediate circle that can make lasting change. Yep. Well, I think there was a, for a long time, it was something for most parents where they didn't want to have that conversation with their kids. They, try to, in their minds, protect their kids from the, the horrible things that happen in our world. Sure. And I, I, I do understand where that thought process was, but the problem with it is, is you're, not, you're actually doing a disservice to your kids by not educating them, by not having real, honest conversations. Because here's the deal, they go out in the world and we can't be over them as much as some parents try. You mm-hmm. can't follow along behind them and be their bodyguard every single moment. When they're on social media or on the internet, we're not always around to protect our children. So giving them the best tools and yeah. having those open, honest conversations about consent, about having self-worth. Yep. And I think too, I mean, I don't have human children. Um, I have for babies, but I think about my like nieces and nephews, and this is something that it's important for me to take on. I don't, I don't know if their parents are having these conversations with them necessarily, but, um, you know, I think about like, well, if I don't open up this conversation, so they know that they can talk to me about it and they, I know that they're getting the correct information, um, and not these kind of misinformation, who knows what, who's putting what out on the internet. Mm-hmm. They're going to get that information from somewhere else. And I can't guarantee that that's going to be 
true or accurate or not harmful. And so I would rather get through that maybe awkward moment um, and just saying like, hey, did you know that this is something that like is really important to talk about? Um, And having that that conversation with them is more important for me than than having that kind of maybe risk that awkward moment. Um, But I'd rather have that information come from me than from somewhere else. So, yeah. And and the the other thing with that is if you haven't had that conversation so that they know it's okay mm-hmm. to talk about it, to be honest and open and come home from school and go, mom, dad, this happened or that happened. And I, I was confused about it. They're going to be able to know that it's, that it's okay yeah. to come to you. So if something happens to them, they're going to be, know that it's okay and it's it's safe for them to come and talk to you. Whereas if you haven't had it, yeah. then they're going to feel like they did something wrong, that they somehow were, you know. They uh, had some responsibility, responsibility in, it, in it or that it's not okay to talk about it, something they have to keep inside. And, and yeah. they suppress it yep. and they hold on to it. And that has a way it will always come back out. It'll eventually bubble to the future, uh, to the surface and usually not in, in really good ways. So that honesty is so vital. Yes. And it, it brings us up to the, the next part of this is being able to model the consent culture. And it does. It starts from when you know your, your children are young and they're going to know that it's okay to talk to their kids and to talk mm-hmm. to their friends and to and to be there for someone that has gone through this. Yeah, I mean, obviously we talk a lot in the world of prevention about talking with young people, um, and that's that's critical, it really is. Um, but I know that there are still a lot of adults also that have never had this conversation. Yep. Um, and so again, it's this idea of like knowing better and then doing better. So even if I never had this conversation um, with my parents when I was young, I can still model a culture of consent when I'm around my parents and say, you know, this is, this is the way, like, this is how consent should be, um, in, in ingrained and embedded in, in a family or in a workplace even. Um, so I think it's as important, yes, for adults to model for the, the young people in their life. Um, but it's as important to model for other adults. Um, because again, a lot of us, maybe didn't hear that growing up or maybe didn't get that lesson in school. Um, and so being able to model for adults as well, um, equally important. Well, and if you, you didn't have that conversation when you were young and especially if something happened in your life, it's going to be, well, Hey, it's good for your kids and it's going to be tough to have that conversation about your experiences and why it's not, it's not okay, but it's also cathartic to get it out there to, to have something good come out of something horrific that maybe happened in your life and be able to get it out there. So you can hopefully prevent that from the next generation. Yeah, it could be, I would say, I mean, do what is most natural or safe for you. Um, hopefully, you know, if this is something that, that you have experienced, um, there, obviously it's a journey of healing. Um, Mm -hmm. and so wherever you're at in that journey, if it is that point where um, you know, sharing that story or that experience is, is healing or cathartic. Um, 
you know, just do what's best for you. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I, I agree. There are a lot of people and a lot of people end up coming into this work, I think, too, because because of those experiences they have. And and that is a that is a way that they go through their healing um, is by doing doing work in this field and, and with people to to help them heal and to help them prevent things from happening. So, um, yeah, I would say do what's, do what's right for you, <laughs> but yes. yes, absolutely. And, and Cody, how can people get more information? Where can they yeah. be able to delve in Deval? I mean, obviously our world is in a much different place right now. Hopefully mm-hmm. we'll get back to some form of normalcy soon, but, uh, so there's not the rallies, there's not the, the same type of public gatherings yeah. that have happened in the, in the past. Where can people get more information and ways to be able to support? Yeah, I mean, well, you can start with the WCA. You can start with our website, Mm WCAVoice.org, our prevention hub, our social media channels. Most of our social media channels are at WCA underscore Boise. Um, There's there's all kinds of like websites and national resources you can look into as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there any national resources you'd want to share, Tracy? Um, I would say RAIN is a huge resource, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, um, and then also the National Sexual Violence Resource Center. They also have a lot of really great resources and information and education out there. Well, and we're going to have all of these things are in the description, all of these resources. If you look in the description of the podcast today, you're going to have all these different resources that you can be able to go to and find more information. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, again, this being my, my last, my last of the podcasts for the uh, prevention perspective as host, these two incredibly wonderful human beings are going to be the ones moving forward to this, but you know, I'll still pop in and say <laughs> hi once in a while. Sounds good. All right. For uh, Tracy and Cody, I'm Corey, and this has been Prevention Perspective. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Prevention Perspective. Again, if you or someone you know has experienced domestic, dating, or sexual violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or the WCA's 24-hour hotline at 208-343-7025. Don't forget to follow us on social media at WCA underscore Boise and WCA Youth Reps. If you have any suggestions for topics you would like us to cover, or if you'd like to get more information about anything you heard in today's podcast, contact us through the email provided in the description of the podcast.